Hello, everybody. Welcome to ClapperCast episode. Oh, God, I don't know this episode title number, but that doesn't matter. I'm here today with a few friends, not guests, but friends. Alina Falls, Paul Price, and Paul's noisy dog. How is everyone doing today? I love how whatever dog growled as soon as he said, Carson said friends, Arrow or Bo is like, Paul is not friends with these people. (laughs) That was Arrow. Um, And yes, he is aware of um Bo barks arrow growls so if you hear a mm. bark it's usually Bo if you hear a growl it's almost always arrow I don't think I've ever heard Bo growl but also mm. you could have just cut that out Carson because uh we're back to Zencaster and good quality um because somebody lost their computer for three weeks <laughs> I still don't have my new one. I'm still borrowing my sister's, but I am home in Ottawa, so I have my nice microphone. Carson, what the hell are you eating? <laughs> a salad, a full-on salad. Healthy <laughs> king. Bowl I've ever seen in my. Considering yesterday I was texted that I'm too ugly to ever date someone who's hot, we really have a salad today. <laughs> that was so mean. <laughs> Wait, did I say that? <laughs> you basically said yes. That. But it's okay. Sure. <laughs> Listen, <laughs> drunk thoughts, sober heart. <laughs> um, oh, that's great. I love me. Um, I blame that on Doom Two, which took me about four hours and five cocktails to get through. You literally um, were kind of watching it, and you texted, and you're like, "Okay, fifteen minutes in." I was like, "What?" Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, because I'd pause it and then like I'd, I'd need just a little break, breaky break to get back into it. And we'll talk about it. <laughs> we will talk about it. How are you doing this week, Alina? What are you I am to? well. I saw Motley Crue last week. They were okay. Um, I feel like, you know how, I don't know if you guys ever go and see like old bands, but I feel no. like they do. Exactly. I don't blame you. I feel like they, well, you guys are more modern and contemporary than I am. But I feel like when, like, because these people are older, they turn up the drums very, very high. So you couldn't, like, hear Vince Neil sing, like, super great. Like, I knew the lyrics of these Motley Crue songs, so I knew what he was singing. But I feel like if you were unfamiliar with the songs, it was, like, he was not enunciating. Tommy Lee was great, though. And then he posted a dick pic the day after. I had a great week when it came to Motley Crue. I also saw Def Leppard that night. I thought they sucked. They were very boring. They were better singers than Vince Neil, but their set was fucking boring. I don't understand how Def Leppard has fans. Poison, fucking sick. Brett Michaels shredded on a goddamn harmonica. Very impressive. And Joan Jett was great. But I was at that concert for seven hours. Don't do yeah. that. I don't it sounds recommend. like hell. It was. I My back was fucking killing me. But hey, I had to see Motley Crue. And my little cousin didn't. So I am jealous about the Joan Jett part. But the rest of it. She I was really iconic. Yeah. She was iconic. She went on at 4 p.m. <laughs> Queen. No better time. Yeah. Um, I want to rock and roll all night. No, I want to rock till 6 p.m. I'm good after that. <laughs> I um, am seeing Elton John later this year, but that's the only like 
Me too. It's exciting. I'm going on September 8th. Oh, cool. Yeah, uh, I'm going to his last concert, which technically that's not true anymore um, because he has this little like stint in Australia. But originally it was his <laughs> final uh, show. My sister and I got tickets up in the nosebleeds because it's very expensive. I mean, like yeah, they were very expensive. But, but whatever. It's so many it. concert tickets are like hella expensive anymore. I try to go to Gaga, you know, me and didn't do it. It was like $129 for nosebleeds in Dodger That's Stadium. Crazy. I was like, fuck that. Sorry. Um, yeah, I'm seeing um, Elton in Dodger Stadium and it's like like it was like 250 a ticket and they're like not great seats um but more annoying was um i tried to get adele tickets and those were four hundred dollars for like terrible seats um it's just very frustrating for me um and i like won the first round of like hey try to get tickets and then when i tried to get the second round it was like nope Here's the thing. I also this week bought $100 tickets to go see Cats on the stage. So, like, I already really blew my ticket budget. It was just, yeah, not cats. happening this You're year. you seen Cats? Yeah, because it was, never comes here, and I like it. Okay, Paul? Just, I mean, what else you... am I going to see? Fuck everything else that ever came to a theater. <laughs> Jesus. Like, uh, if you're not of... going to see, like, oh, speaking of which, weird outfits, why not? Um, speaking of um, very terrible things... Um, so I saw Moulin Rouge, the stage play, stage musical. So jealous. Um, it is so bad. Um, like, okay, as someone who loves the movie, and uh, my friend, like, casually goes, by the way, it's supposed to be a little different than the movie. A little different. Like, literally, you're watching it, and you're like, oh, yeah, like, uh, this vaguely is the same plot. For one thing, they make um, Christian to be, like, weirdly controlling a lot more than he is in the movie and then so like already like logistically the duke makes more sense but the way they do it in this you're like literally like no i think i think the duke is just genuinely better than christian <laughs> um because he's like a bet you know he's not like this smarmy little guy he's like a cool hip guy who's like an actual like choice for her it's just dumb it's very dumb see here's the thing though i know i would love it like you sent over the set list you sent over various things about it and i was like that's so me and it's just i'll never get to see it probably but it sounded very me so i mean that's probably for the best that you just never see it maybe you can see the movie version someday (laughs) well i'm such a big baz head Cool. Well, I think that's enough of our introductions today because we have so many movies to get through. I think if you calculate it, we probably have like at least 12 hours of films just in our special series alone this week. Um, Let's get to that special. It's our month of musical. It's a good series. (laughs) It's a good series. And this week is like the reason we're doing it entirely is because Alina, you wanted a Bollywood series and we said we'll give you a week. So (laughs) enjoy it. Here's your week. What did we watch? We watched three of my favorite Bollywood movies. It would have been four 
but these movies are long as fuck. So, and I, actually, it was totally fine with doing two. And then Paul was like, well, Carson can watch one and I can watch one. And then we no, can both watch no. No, you said that. Carson, no, no, you no, no, said no. That's that. what happened. Play That's, the clip. No, Play that, the clip. No, that <laughs> happened. But if we remember correctly, Alina was like, oh, I want to watch uh, K3G. And Carson and I were both like, veto. And you were like, well, then we're just not doing it. <laughs> there was no point of not doing like, because it's Which is iconic. funny because we will discuss how bad that movie is in a second. It's iconic. It is the rules are real bad. It is it's not a great movie, but it's like <laughs> one of the like most iconic Bollywood movies like of all time. So we had to put it in. It was between that one or Mohabitan. And I like the songs in K3G slightly better. So we're starting off with K3G. Um, the full title is Cabby Cushy Cabby Gum. It translates to sometimes happiness, sometimes sadness. It'd be like that sometimes. <laughs> And for three and a half hours, it was mostly sometimes sad. No? <laughs> um, so this movie is iconic. I didn't watch it as a kid, but like a thing brown families do is you would go to the flea market and you would get these like pirated DVDs that would have like the songs from Bollywood movies. It was like a song compilation DVD. So my family had one of those and You Are My Sonia was on it. So You Are My Sonia was my fucking jam as a four-year-old. And so I didn't watch this movie until I was like 17 because I was not reading Hindi subtitles for three and a half hours as a child, you know? Because, uh, you know, we only speak English, unfortunately. Colonization. Hello. Um, so K3G, it's about this rich, high-caste Indian family and Shahrukh Khan, who is one of the, like, most prominent Bollywood actors, plays the, like, son, the, like, main character son. He's adopted. His name is Rahul. Um, and then there is the patriarch of their family. Their, their, their last name is Raichand. So they're from the Raichand family. Um, the patriarch is played by Amitabh. Bachin. I'm so sorry if I'm pronouncing these names incorrectly. I'm basing this on what my aunts and uncles call them, and we are not fully Indian, so hey. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we were Indian 200 years ago, but not anymore. Uh, so, like, Amitabh's the big patriarch. He's very into tradition. He's very into his caste being high. He is, like, we are rich. We need to look good. We need to do good. We, like, can't be seen slumming it with poor people. There's also the little brother, Rohan. Um, and those are, like, the main three characters you need to worry about. So the first half of the movie is them as, like, R Rohan's, like, a young child. He goes off to boarding A young school. fat child. A young fat child, to be clear. That is important. It's a key plot point, actually, that he's fat as a child. Um, kind of. Feels <laughs> like it's just mean. But. No, no it's, like, it's real. No, it's, it's relevant for what happens later. Okay, so the first half of the movie, 
Amitabh Bachchan wants SRK to marry this girl named Naina because she's from a high caste family and it's supposed to be this arranged marriage that is good for their family because she is also rich and high caste. But SRK stumbles upon this girl. Her name's Kajal. The actress is named Kajal. Um, she, her and SRK, Paul's staring at me. Her and SRK are <laughs> iconic to Bollywood cinema. They have done so many movies together. They have such good chemistry. Paul do they? Like they do in other movies. <laughs> <laughs> but, she's like, Carson, you have to know, like, she's the biggest dunce I have ever seen so in my entire clumsy. life. She's so <laughs> clumsy. Um, like, <laughs> but she's poor. But She's SRK, poor and clumsy. Poor and clumsy. SRK falls in love with her, though, and he disappoints his father by going to marry this poor girl. Uh, and me. Disappointed her, his father and me. Yes. <laughs> um, and this whole movie is basically about how important your parents are to you and how f- important family is. So... He realizes, SRK realizes that he needs to leave Kajal and marry Nana because he cannot disappoint his father. And he agrees to that. And then he goes to tell Kajal that he can't marry her because she's poor and low caste. But then as he's going to tell her that he can't marry her, Kajal's father passes away and her and her little sister are left totally alone and they're poor. So SRK just feels bad for her and he marries her anyway, much to the horrifying disappointment of Amitabh Bachchan. And he basically expels SRK from the family. He's like, you are not my son anymore. You've disappointed me. You've disrespected the family. You've disrespected our traditions. You put dishonor on me. That's basically what happens. And then SRK goes off to London and before this reveal happens, young, fat, Rithik Roshan, Rohan, gets shipped off to boarding school, and his family never tells him why his adopted older brother just disappeared and left the family. And then we reach intermission. Well, <laughs> um, no, you also have to say that he knows he'll never see his brother again. And the last thing yeah. he says is, lose some weight. <laughs> 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 so we hit intermission and i won't spoil it anymore Which, but it's in the netflix version there's just no intermission oh really there's an intermission yeah. on the amazon prime version i watched i was like you watching it and i was like where's the intermission coming you and basically just- you basically just know that it's time for the intermission because we go 10 years later and now rithic roshan is actually here he's grown up it's 10 years later um he's chatting with he's his looking two- like robbie rotten Stop. Don't do my guy like that. He's so high. He does not look like Robbie Rotten. Shut up. Okay. So I'm trying to tell this plot concisely and it's not happening. Okay. So we are 10 years later. He is coming back from boarding school finally. He learns, Rithik Roshan learns from his two grandmothers what actually happened. And he sets out on this mission to reunite his family. And then he goes off to London. And the second half of the movie is him, like, trying to reunite his family. And it's very cute. And I mostly picked this movie because I think the soundtrack is a fucking bop. All of these songs in here 
are like iconic and I want all of them to play at my wedding. I really love this movie. It's very melodramatic. Your it's going to be three and a half hours long. No, I'm going to play the soundtrack, which is much shorter. <laughs> so two and, and a half hours. hours. Yes. Wildly um, shorter. <laughs> but I get that since this is like such a melodramatic movie, why people don't like it. But it's it's iconic. Anyway, I don't care. I enjoy this movie a lot. Tell us why you hated it, Paul. I didn't hate it. This was just my least favorite of the three. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, you have to know, like, the opening is real corny. There's a <laughs> lot of flashbacks to, like, him being adopted and new. And, like, it goes to black and white. And, like, there's a long sequence where he's, like, handing his mother, like, some sort of shirt. And it like freeze frames a couple times to give like different credits. Um, And she like picks it up and like that's the end of that sequence. But like I thought it was going to lead to something. It does not. He just hands her a shirt. Um, But like overall, I think this one like is. I think if it was like a mini series, I might have like dug it more. But like I think just sitting there for three and a half hours with no intermission. Because I kept waiting for the intermission. <laughs> and it was, even when it jumped 10 years, I was like, shouldn't this have been? That would be a perfect spot for an intermission. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, maybe something else is going to happen. Um, but I think like the second half is a lot more fun, um, mainly because the annoying girl like gets put in the background where she belongs. Um, <laughs> that poor bitch just stay back. Stop breaking things. There's a whole sequence, Carson, where she breaks some vases and like calls them pots and cries. And it's like it's very uh, that cornball kind of humor. Um, But yeah, no, the songs do slap like those parts, except their love song. Their love song was terrible. Oh, the Uh, the pyramids. Yes. I I like like, that song, but it's very weird with the rest of the movie. (laughs) It's so slow. And also I was like, do not fall in love with her. Go marry the rich girl. It just makes more sense. I was happy about it. I mean, Tabachin was happy about it. I know. Just that's okay. Literally, like, no, if that old man had girl. not keeled over, we'd be fine. Him <laughs> in his sweet meat shop. <laughs> uh, I do agree with you that I like the second half a lot better. Uh, I think the two best songs are in the second half. You are my Sonia and Bullet Shootia fucking are my two favorite songs. Like, one of my two favorite two of my two favorite songs in Bollywood ever um like so good and I think Karina Kapoor who plays Pooh the younger sister of Kajul she's fucking iconic did you like her I thought you would like she's, her she's fine I liked her I thought you'd like her I, she just she seems like a character you like character that's fair but I feel like she is the type of character that you like like bitchy rich girls yeah no I really liked her mm-hmm. um I also liked that song um, that she gets her first song. You're my Sonia. Uh, is that my? Other? Is that it? The one. You're my Sonia is the one when she's dressed in red, and then Rithik Roshan is all in like got black pleather, and they're in the like nightclub. Oh no! I was she, I, oh. uh, the first one where she's like, "What's his name?" Oh, I like that one too. I like when she is like getting first introduced and they show up at the school and then Robbie is like, hey, Pooh, do you want to go for a movie tonight? 
And then she just like snipes back, tell me how it was. Bitch, I'm not going on a date with you. There's also (laughs) another point where they come back from the temple and Kajal is like reprimanding um, Karina Kapoor because she wore all black and you don't wear all black to the Hindu temple and you just don't do that. And she was like, oh my gosh, all the aunties were staring at you. And then Karina Kapoor is like, well, it's not my fault that they were staring at me over God. I'm just so pretty. Like she, she just has really good singers, and right when you are my Sony is about to play, her friends are talking about, um, hey, where's Rohan? Because like she likes him, she doesn't realize that he's the fat kid from ten years ago in India uh, until later, and but so she likes him, but he kind of like blows her off because she he thinks she's like bitchy. Um, and he's just, like, not fawning over her like all the other boys in this London school are. And then, so her friends are like, hey, where's Rohan? And she's like, I don't know, and I don't care. And then in the background, over, like, the loudspeaker, you just hear Rithik Roshan go, but I love you. And the, like, song starts playing, and it's just so good. Um, I think this movie's, like, I think it's a really interesting family drama And I think it does a really good job portraying how important um, family and tradition is to, like, Indian families. But I also like how by the end of the film, the characters come to realize that, like, tradition and patriarchal values are not, like, something that should be keeping you away from your family. Um, And spoilers, obviously the family reconciles and it's very sweet but yeah I really I think it's a good film I think if you want to like foray into Bollywood it's one of the best things to do it because it captures most of the films and it's also a good movie to watch because of the cast of characters like Shah Rukh Khan is one of the most prolific Bollywood actors. So is Amitabh Bachchan. Rithik Roshan is a very popular um, Bollywood actor too. So is Kajal. Like you have like such an iconic cast here that I think it's it's one of the good like first steps. Like this one and Mohabbatin, I think are good like starter Bollywood films. But with time, they become a lot more modernized and less cringy. So... I will say hearing all this, I don't regret my choice to watch She-Hulk Attorney at Law instead, but happy for y'all, heart emoji. No, I feel like K3G is better than She-Hulk Attorney at Law. I can't confirm yet, but She-Hulk hey really, Carson? Hey, now, let's not shit talk She-Hulk, okay? We'll get there one week. <laughs> um, cool. That's all. Yeah, the next one is from... 2011 i believe it's called zindagi namalegi dobara and it basically translates to you only live once (laughs) it came out in 2011 (laughs) it's fine um so znmd is about these three childhood friends who are grown up now And because they're, like, adults, they don't spend as much time with each other. And one of them is getting married to this fucking bitch who I literally cannot stand. Um, And 
to celebrate their bestie getting married, they have this fun little bachelor road trip across Spain. Um, Rithik Roshan is here again because I, I love him. All of these movies have Rithik Roshan because I love him so much. He's my favorite Bollywood actor. He plays one of the friends. Um, yeah. It's a, they basically just go on a road trip around Spain and they do some like scary stuff. Like each one picks a different like adrenaline dangerous activity for them to all do as like a bonding experience. And yeah, I think it's a very good film about male friendship dynamics. It's directed by a woman. I'm a woman. I don't know what I'm talking about. What did you guys think of that? <laughs> 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 yeah, I, I wasn't expecting necessarily to like this series, but like this is the first one I watched and I loved it. I think the the friendship is so well defined here. And I think the chemistry between the three actors are so well like built and so natural feeling. Um, yes, it's long, but it carries this really great energy that makes it very, very watchable. The comedy is all really strong. The one thing I will say is there is a lot of snorkeling and scuba diving like there was times where like we would keep going back to it and i was like wow we're really doing another scene of this um but no i really really enjoyed this i was i was fully invested fully enjoying myself um it's definitely super fun i'd recommend anyone watch it looking to get into bollywood mm-hmm. uh yeah no i really liked this one um I think that the relationships are really fun and the the cringe comedy kind of works a little bit better with this one um, mm-hmm. because it feels a little bit nicer and looser um, in like its overall theming. Um, yeah, this one was really fun. It's definitely probably like the most mainstream of the three. It um, is. Yeah. Uh, this one is definitely like the most popular for like Western audiences. It's all, I think it's like number 71 on the letterbox, like top 100 women directors. And it's been like climbing when I first started like the women directors list. It was like in the 90s. So it's it's slowly climbing up there. And I think it like deservedly so because I think this film's great. I really like all of the um, scenes when they do like something crazy as like friend groups. Like uh, I also like how they're kind of like asshole friends to each other. And they kind of like pick things that like scare the other person. Like Rithik Roshan's character is like terrified of water. He doesn't know how to swim. And then his friend picks scuba diving as the thing. Cause they're asshole. And that's what like straight male friends do to each other. And then Later, in a different part of Spain, they're going skydiving. Rithik Roshan picks to go skydiving. And the other friend is fucking terrified of heights. Um, so I just, I thought that was a really, like, interesting touch into the whole, like, exploration of, like, male friendship dynamics. I also really like the romance that, like, spreads up throughout between Rithik Roshan and Katrina Kaif? Kaif? I don't know. This character um because like Rithik Roshan's character Arjun is like he is like a big like finance bro he is like very invested in his career he's the one who's like drifted the farthest apart from his two other friends 
um, because he's just so focused on, like, money and whatever. And then when they meet Katrina in Spain, she's their scuba diving instructor, and then she, like, joins them for part of the road trip. He, like, Ritha Groshen's character learns that there are, like, more important things in life than your fucking finance bro career. So I just, I really liked things like that. I think it touches on so many different aspects of, like, relationships and marriage and growing up um, in a, like, really, like, nice, sweet little way. And I all I think a lot of the songs throughout here are, are bops also. The Tomato Festival scene is freaking great. I also say I like that narratively, like, this doesn't just end with, like, oh, everyone just having, like, these great, like, uh, especially with, like, the romantic relationships. Not everyone who, like, starts the film together ends up together at the end of it. But, like, it's still, like, growth and, like, you know, that's life. And I, I, I think, you know one could on the outside assume that all these films are going to be very cliched when it comes to plot and narrative, but just like so clearly that's wrong. Um, I think that's very mature filmmaking right there. That is wonderful to see. And the songs. Yeah. I mean, they're all great. They're worked in wonderfully narratively. They make sense. It never takes away from it. We just talked about this. If you go to our Patreon, you can watch our Elvis special this week. Um, but we just talked about the inclusion of songs and how we wish that more media included songs midway through. Cause like they're fun and they can be done really, really well, especially when capturing like vibes and energy. And that's one thing with both these films or all three films, I assume that we watched this week with the series is like when it comes to explaining or capturing something you can't put necessarily into words, clearly song and dance is like an amazing tool you can use to build that. I really enjoyed mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. So true. Um, a fun fact about Zindagi Namalegi Dobara is Rithik Roshan, his character, is afraid of the water in the movie, but in real life, he is certified at scuba diving. And um, Farhan Akhtar, who is the character who is afraid of heights, and he's the one who's afraid when they go skydiving, in real life, he has, like, a skydiving certification. So that's fun and fresh and interesting. I like it when that happens in movies. Yeah. I think we're ready to move on to our craziest pick. To the big one. The big one. The best one. Okay. So my last pick is Doom 2. I had no connection to Doom 2 as a child. I didn't know any of the songs from it. Doom 2 is from 2006. I've seen Doom 3. It's garbage. I've never seen the original Doom. But I watched (laughs) Doom 2 when I was 17. And I was going through a Rithic Roshan phase, as previously mentioned. So I just threw it on. I was like, I don't need to watch the original Rithic Roshan. It's not in Doom 1. Who gives a fuck? So I put on Doom 2. I watch it with my sister. Also, I don't know what Doom means, I've heard it, like, sometimes the subtitles, when they, like, say Doom in the songs, translate it to Storm. Sometimes I've seen it as, like, Blast. I have no idea what Doom actually means. Maybe it just means Doom. Who can say? The subtitles in Bollywood movies, I've noticed, are slightly off. I've also heard that from my Pakistani friend, because, like, she speaks the language. And she'll tell me, like, oh, that is translated incorrectly, so. I guess you can't fully properly enjoy Bollywood movies unless you can speak Hindi. Anyway, Doom 2. It's crazy. It's about these two cops. They're like two Mumbai cops. They're played by Abhishek Baichen, who is the son of Amitabh from K3G. And I think the other actor is 
Uday Chopra. So they are fun little cops named Jay and Allie. Um, and they hear about this criminal guy named Mr. A, who is played by Rithik Roshan. And he is, like, stealing all of these very, like, high-value, high-priced items in these really insane ways all across the world. Um, and then another girl pops up to help them with the, like, police investiga- investigation named Sonali. And eventually, the little police investigation to catch Mr. A, the freaking global jewel thief, takes them to Brazil. And I'm trying to, like, not give away all of the insane things that happen in this movie because I feel like Doom 2 is one of those movies where you just need to like sit and experience it without like knowing anything about it because something crazy happens in this movie like literally every five seconds that you're just like screaming the entire time. Like this movie opens with Rithik Roshan's character disguised as the Queen of England and he steals her crown from a train in the middle of the desert. And then he rips off the queen disguise. And the most insane music plays. That reveal scene is so funny. And then he escapes by sandboarding down the dunes. And that's not even the craziest scene in the movie. That's just the opening. Like, I, this movie, it's like so bad. But it's so fucking good. Like, I have a great time with this, even though I know it's terrible. I love this movie. Yeah, this was my favorite of the three. Um, I think it's just like it, it also was the first one I watched. Um, and I what's interesting is after watching some of the more standard ones, I'm like, oh, some of the stuff I thought was really crazy is just like normal for Bollywood. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, no. Um, some of the conversations that they have in this uh, are so long and so boring in like the funniest way. There's this long uh, running gag about um, not wanting fancy food and just wanting burgers. And it looks like they keep going back to it. And you're like, why? This is not like this is not as clever as you guys keep thinking it is. It's so good. One of my favorite things about this movie is, like, the costuming because, like, it's from the mid-2000s and it's just insane. Like, there's a part where um, Aishwarya Rai, she pretends to be Mr. A and she gives, like, a tip to the cops saying, oh, I'm going to steal a sword at this day. And it breaks the pattern of, like, what the real Mr. A is doing. Um, and she tries to steal this sword from someplace in India. And then Ritha Groshan, the real Mr. A, pops up and they have this like really like sexually tense scene together. But Ritha Groshan's character is wearing like all black and like a superhero mask and like a beanie that just says surfer on it. It's it's fucking so stupid, but it's so good. I loved his superhero mask. It was so hot. I don't think you're like fully giving this the full like credit like i want our listeners to know like this might be the most insane movie we've ever watched like the queen elizabeth alone and you like you need to see it to believe it like you need to see like the physical like the visual like just everything about it it is shocking but like throughout this entire film there's so many small things like the soundtrack the fucking soundtrack that every like 20 minutes just someone in it whispers doom 
They put <laughs> Doom into the soundtrack, guys. Doom, it's insane. Doom. There's an entire sequence where they just like watch cars, like the Pixar film Cars <laughs> in the theater. Like it really is. Like not to give it away, but it truly is the most insane movie we've ever talked about. Like it is amazing, by far the best of these three films. Mm-hmm. Not to shit on the other one, I liked it a lot, but like this is just. It's just insane. Rithy Roshan is serving here. Like, he's giving. The editing, when he's imagining his future with the woman and he has the kids in the thing, then the other guy (laughs) walks in and it switches and the kids also switch to be in, like, iconic. (laughs) Iconic. I love one of the beginning scenes with the cops when um, Ali is, like, pretending to be like a drug dealer and then it goes like terribly wrong and then abby shag Baichin just like show like fucking pops up on a jet ski just out of nowhere from like the middle of the river like he had the jet ski underwater and like what <laughs> it's so good The one thing is, where is Doom 4? I've never seen Doom 1, Doom 3. Probably will never watch him. But like this franchise is apparently Well, apparently it's incredibly profitable. So the fact that especially with the like rise of Bollywood globally right now, I would say um, like the fact that this series is not like give us Doom 4 because then also we can review it on the podcast. It might be bad. It probably will be bad. But like hashtag release Doom 4. That's what I'm saying. I agree with you. I would watch it. I will. Okay. There was like a point and I was in third year of university and I was having another Bollywood phase and I was making my roommate watch all, I made her watch all of these three movies. So she's very excited to listen to this segment. Um, she was very into Rithik Roshan and we were going to watch the original Doom after we watched Doom 2, but then they took it off Netflix. And then there was like a year or so where there was like no Bollywood movies on Netflix. Now in Canada, all of these movies are on Amazon Prime, including the original Doom. So I will probably watch the original Doom soon. It'll probably be bad. I feel like Doom 2 is just like a whole other thing. Like it's its own enigma. I don't think there's like anything that is comparable to Doom. It's like Fast and Furious cranked up to like 15. You know? Yeah, it's doing the most in the best of ways. But like, it's also just like, it's not Fast and Furious because there's also like hot, sexy romance, which Fast and Furious does not really have. Like, this movie's freaking sexy. Aishwarya Rai, who plays Suneri, she's so fucking gorgeous. Um, And Rithik Roshan is so fucking gorgeous in this. I think he is the hottest he ever is in this movie. I think his dancing is the best it ever is in this movie. His freaking, like, that little wiggle worm dance he's doing throughout Doom again. Freaking so good. Like, all of these songs are bangers also. All of these actors are freaking delivering on the sexiness. Like, that scene where Jay and Sonali, the, like, two cops, like, the serious boy cop and the girl cop go to like their high school reunion. That freaking sexual attention when he has a pregnant wife at home, that was like freaking sexual attention. This movie is just, I feel like it's really like horny. The kissing yeah. scene between Aishwarya Rai and Rithik Roshan caused like such a fucking ruckus in India because you can have like a little bit of sexiness in Bollywood movies, like the pyramid scene in K3G. You can have like, 
stuff like that. You cannot kiss in Bollywood. It's cha- back then. It's like changing now, but like they got like charged for like obscenity for the kissing scene in Doom Two. It's like you don't, you don't fucking do that. But hey. But yeah. Doom Two fucking does it. Like it does mm-hmm. everything. You know what's icon. crazy? Priyanka Chopra was offered the role of Sonali, the girl cop, but she turned it down. Could you imagine if Priyanka Chopra, Gee. Jonas, was in this? <laughs> <laughs> Wait, I forgot this part. The girl who plays Sonali, um, she gets injured before they go to Brazil, and she has to stay behind in Mumbai. But when they get to Brazil, she has a sister who lives there. And then, like, the actress plays both Sonali and her sister, Monali. And it's so good. (laughs) We haven't even talked about the basketball scene. Like, this is true. The basketball scene in the rain where Rithik Roshan and Aishwarya Rai are, like, that really sexy also. I don't know. Like, oh, incredibly sexy. And I love the lighting of that, too. Like, it's really mm-hmm. well done. Like, it was really sexy, even though Rithik Roshan's character is in disguise and he has this awful long hair and an awful chin piercing. It was still hot. I don't know how that man does it. <laughs> the one thing that would have made that scene better if it was Adam Sandler from Hustle, like, cheering him on on the side. <laughs> That's the only way it could have been better. Oh, it's so good. I love this movie. Like... Listen, if you're a normal person, you might hate this, but you need to watch Doom 2. Like, it is a spectacle. It's the definition of camp. It's amazing. You need to watch this film. It's on Amazon Prime. You don't have any excuses. It's only two and a half hours long. There is an intermission. You Doom will two. be shocked. Like Masterpiece. I love that you I love that you keep saying there's intermissions and I don't remember the intermission in this one either. <laughs> Maybe they don't have them in Netflix, but they should it's that intermission for me in all of these movies. That's what I'm saying. I'm just emphasizing intermission. Alina adds her own. She just pauses it midway through and like, walks away. <laughs> no. Puts a little sticky said, on the screen. No, 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 intermission. No. There are actually intermissions on the Amazon Prime versions, I'm telling y'all. Listen. And I just want to reiterate, you in a film this these long are like much more enjoyable with intermissions usually. And why are we not having intermissions in English contemporary movies? It's ridiculous. Like, I, listen, I loved Elvis twenty twenty two, but an intermission would have been great there. <laughs> For sure, like a like a two hour intermission. Exactly. To stop. <laughs> <laughs> An intermission for Eternals of Grey. I would have just left. Exactly. So I just want our listeners to understand that they need to get on my team of bringing back intermissions. I feel like we're getting close. Start to the that. petition. Mm-hmm. Well, station. Tarantino, like for a second, seemed like it was going to happen with Hateful Eight, and it was like, oh, we're doing this again, and then it just never happened again because no one saw Hateful Eight. <laughs> you're not wrong. You're Maybe you've done it for a better film. Well. Like Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Mm. Yes. Oh God, <laughs> don't start. I that one that even one. would. That one would be good for a. Um, I'm shocked there wasn't intermission. Anyway, that's Bollywood. You're welcome. I had a that's great time. Bollywood. Well, thanks, Alina, for sharing that. I'm happy we did it. I think in the future, more open to the idea of a Bollywood series. But I think this was good for now. 
It was a good little dip. Wait, I love that Carson's like, I'm good for that. I only watched two of them and I (laughs) refuse to watch (laughs) Sorry, I had to watch She-Hulk Attorney at Law. I have a life, Paul, okay? Yeah, why didn't we get screeners for She-Hulk Attorney at Law? (laughs) Because y'all haven't done the homework to get onto the Disney press list. Well, Paul, Bollywood was this week, but maybe you can give a bit of a preview. What is happening next week on the series? So we're doing uh, three films. The first one is An American Tale. Not Five Goes West, even though that's the one I liked more as a kid. But we have to watch the first one, and it's also considered the better of the two. Um, then we're also going to do The Point. Um, and we're going to do Yellow Submarine. We're going right back to the Beatles. Um, so, yeah, those are going to be our three animated movie musicals. Um, and they should be pretty fun. Yay. That sounds exciting. I'm excited for it. Not for the Beatles, but that's okay um let's jump before we look at what released this week very quickly this week we got like the whole lineups for venice we got the whole lineups for tiff we got the lineups for new york film festival alina you're going to tiff we basically got everything but afi fest this week and very quickly i just wanted to go through and just see what are y'all excited for if you had to pick like one or two films what are you looking forward to seeing from these lineups it's like exciting this is what we're going to be talking about for months are these films. Um, and I can quickly start because it's kind of obvious for me. We got a teaser trailer this week for it. Luca Guadagnino's Bones and All. The cannibalistic Tony or Tony. Oh, my God. Timothy Chalamet movie. Very, very excited for, obviously. I think the trailer looked great. I haven't read the book. I've heard it's terrible. But Lord knows I'm a stand for these people. And I'm probably going to love it, even though I hated Suspiria. So but I have hopes for this. I'm considering this the true follow up to Call Me By Your Name rather than Suspiria. Uh, Paul, is there anything that you're excited for particularly? Yeah, I mean, obviously the the Sun, um, which is Florian Zeller's new film. Um, and then I'm curious to see if people like the whale. Um, I'm excited for that. I think it'll be very <laughs> difficult for me to sit through, though. Um, yeah, well, you know, at least you'll get to see Brendan Fraser in something. I'm happy that my king is booked and busy, but well, Darren Aronofsky booked and busy. I mean, he's booked and busy and then it's canceled, but <laughs> well, he's also, he's also going to be in killers of the flower moon next year. So far. <laughs> don't man. I don't think they're going to cancel that. that. I think that no. would be kind of wild to cancel, but maybe you I would have said that about Batgirl a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> well, comparatively, um, that one photo released of the way <laughs> and I'm just like, I don't know. I'm terrified. I'm scared of this film. I've I've having read the play I have no clue how it's going to be done and also everyone is going to throw up in the theater sick well it's not coming to TIFF so I guess we have to wait it's only it's only a Venice yo do we have a release date for it just in general I don't know let's check the whale I'll also I don't know what it is called but the Paul Schrader film I'm very excited for no there's nothing there Wow, what imagine that's a thing we all watch at AFI Fest together for the first time, The Whale. That will be an experience. <laughs> I'm excited for quite a few TIFF titles. You know, I'm excited for Knives Out 2, Glass Onion. Yes. I'm excited for Raymond and Ray, that movie with Ethan Hawke and Ewan McGregor. His pot. I'm excited for The Sun, obviously. I'm ex- freaking excited for The Banshees of Inishirin after watching yes. In Bruges. 
Um, there's probably a couple more. I'm excited for to see a couple things that played out like Can, like Broker and the uh, Park Chan Wook film. I forgot the name of. There's just a lot of good. Oh my god, the menu with Ray Fines. Yes. I'm excited. There's a lot of good shit coming out this fall that I'm hopefully good shit that I'm very much looking forward to. Paul, did you like the trailer for Banshees? I know you were mixed on his recent efforts. Yeah, I don't like his recent efforts, but this is going back to his play world. Um, Like, this is definitely something he considered doing as a play. Hmm. So um, it's going to be really dark and really fun. No, I'm really excited about it. I'm excited for those, but we do have new films this week. And let's kick things off by climbing a very, very high tower with Fall. You might think this BuzzFeed Studios original is going to be a bad film when it comes out that they see like CGI edited mouths to take out curse words. So it was PG 13. When you look at the trailer, you see the low budget, you see some of the effects, you look at the cast, maybe you expect this movie to be bad. And I'm here to tell you it is. It's not great. I will say it's stressful. There's definitely moments where, like, especially as they're climbing up, I was very nervous. I had a butterfly in my stomach. My palms were sweating. But, like, it starts out as your very generic, cheesy film. And I was kind of digging it. I like really bad green screen. I got, like, a surprise cameo by, like, the villain of Love, Victor. I know he was also in Scream, I think, this year. So, like, very shocked by that. I was shocked by the BuzzFeed Studios. Me and Alina saw this weirdly at, like, the same exact time. And I just texted in all capitals, BuzzFeed Studios, because I was the only one in the theater so i could really say whatever i wanted in text and scream which i did um (laughs) but then you get towards the end and it keeps going and it keeps going and the film gives you an absolutely batshit insane twist that leads into one of the most unintentionally funny like conclusions i've ever seen not to like give spoilers but how this situation concludes is one of the craziest things I've ever seen in cinema. Mm -hmm. It was so shock. It was shocking. It was a shocking conclusion. So I had fun. It's not good. I think it's a terrible film, but like, I definitely had fun with it. I would probably show friends this. Alina, did you enjoy it? I saw this with my little sister after we went to the gym. Um, I wouldn't say I have like, a phobia of heights, but I do feel like I have like a natural human fear of heights. I've been rock climbing before, but I've never climbed like El Capitan, obviously. I ain't got that upper body strength for that. And I certainly would never climb a freaking old, abandoned, rusted television tower in the middle of what Utah I don't know where it is actually I can't remember where they drive to but they just these it's just like the setup for this movie is freaking insane like the movie opens with this married couple I didn't realize they were married until much later in the movie when she called the guy her husband I was like oh Cause like they seem they all these actors seem like so young that I was just kind of like shook that they were married. Um. Anyway, they're climbing what I assume is El Capitan in Yosemite. That's what it looks like. Um, I think it is. And the yeah, the like wife and husband are like attached via like ropes and whatever. And their friend 
is like really into adrenaline and stuff. She's just like normal boulder. She's free soloing a la Alex Honnold, a freaking El Cap. Crazy. Um, and like so there like Mason Gooding is the husband at the very like first five minutes of this movie, and he's like climbing up, and a bat or like a bird or something like flies out and startles him, and he like loses his grip off the side of El Cap. I assume it's El Cap. It looks like El Cap. I don't know. Um, and he falls to his death, like thousands of feet up this freaking Yosemite rock wall. It was terrifying. Um, I don't understand why humans do such things. Like, what? I've only ever rock climbed, like, in a rock climbing gym, where it's, like, 50 feet up at most. Safety, harnesses, climbing shoes, not any of this outdoor thousands and thousands of feet up nonsense. So that's literally the first five minutes of the movie. And then the main girl, her name's Becky. She's fucking depressed because her husband died falling thousands of feet to his death. And her father, who was played by Jeffrey Dean Morgan, who is the only recognizable actor in this movie. I don't know why he signed on to this movie. He's like, yeah, bro, I need a paycheck. I'll bop in for five minutes here and there and call my acting daughter a stupid bitch for being so sad about her husband's death a year later because her her dad basically implies that her husband was a shitty person but she's like all depressed about him and then the film fast forwards it's like 51 weeks later her blonde friend that like was there when the husband mason gooding died pops up and she's like let's climb this 2000 foot abandoned self television tower the b67 b52 i don't know to be clear she is also stops she interrupts a suicide attempt Yes. Becky's gonna kill herself. She's about to kill herself, and her yeah. friend interrupts the suicide attempt, notably. That was very important plot point, of course. This friend, the blonde bitch, is, like, really into making an Instagram following. She calls herself Danger D. She does all this batshit stuff for an Instagram following, and then so, like, she wants to film going up on this freaking abandoned television tower and she makes Becky go along with her uh, because she has climbing experience even though it's very obvious she hasn't done anything in like a year and I feel like her upper body strength would have like severely declined in a year I don't know that's just like logically what my brain thinks but Becky for some reason agrees to climb the fucking 2000 foot cell phone rusted falling apart television tower I screamed like I don't under like this listen it is one thing to do dangerous shit fine it is another thing to do dangerous shit like this and not tell anybody else where you're going because you know what happens when they get to the top of this fucking television tower Carson you know they don't have cell phone service and then the fucking ladder breaks and then they get stuck on this little tiny fucking platform 2,000 feet above the ground by themselves with no way of calling for help because they don't have cell phone service and didn't tell anybody where they're going. (sighs) This movie made me so mad because, like, they obviously spend all this, most of this movie in one place, the very top of this freaking TV tower, and they go through all of these things to try and rescue themselves and every single time it goes wrong and 
I understand showing the hopelessness of it, but they show things go wrong like 10 times and it was exhausting. Like, I get it. We are in a hopeless situation. You might as well jump to your death at this point. I have grasped that this is hopeless. We can end this movie now, guys. It's also, also just really stupid. Cringe. It's stupid. Like, it's such they, a stupid movie. Their first thing, one of their first ideas is like, what if we just stuff a phone? Like we send send on an Instagram post and we just put it in like a tiny tennis shoe with like one bra and just throw it 2000 feet. And like, surely we'll survive. Obviously. They, like clearly, though that does come up towards the end and it's great but and then like they <laughs> they do signal these two guys who are like randomly just camping and cooking ribs and then like they steal their car and it's crazy the drone the drone pissed me off so they have this drone that they eventually can use and i was like number one easiest solution you can get out of this just fly a phone to the bottom of the tower you don't have to fly that far just get oh the phone God. down there carson you're so right <laughs> but then it, they sent oh my god and you think like there's finally going to be a moment of relief like finally we know how it's going to get out it's wonderful this is a fine ending whatever and then it fucking shocks you and it doesn't work and they fail a truck hits the drone last minute spoilers and it's the fun like saddest and funniest thing it's wild if I it's may crazy. get into spoilers, I do think it needs to be said that how this yeah. movie concludes is that one of the girls halfway through actually dies and the girl's been imagining her being alive the entire time. But actually this does work because she can put a phone in her tennis shoe and stuff it into the dead corpse of her friend. Because and drop her, her friend's corpse feet. was getting eaten by vultures at this point. She also fucking kills a vulture, like brutally kills a vulture, and just like is good. Like it's she's and on she the starts of eating death. the vulture because her friend, yeah. who is a ghost at this point, is like you need energy to survive. And this bitch starts eating a raw fucking vulture. She literally like <laughs> caught it by its neck and like beat it to death yeah. off the side of this abandoned TV tower. It's crazy and gross. She, she's and also the vulture was yeah. innocent. She's literally <laughs> on the verge of death. Like, may, like will not survive 24 hours. She eats this one vulture and, like, drinks its blood. And then she is back to, like, square one great perfect health. To where mm -hmm. she can climb down this whole thing, do, like, this huge jump. Shove her shoe into, like, the corpse. Like, the open corpse where the buzzard has been eating. And throw her body to the floor. But then, also, there's a large segment of this film. Not Maybe not large. There's a segment in this film where they just talk about WWE wrestling. And I literally scream. <laughs> And I said, oh, my God, Alina is going to love. I was like, I know she's screaming. And then then it cuts when the father is driving to the tower. The bobblehead of Steve Austin is the stone cold thing. Steve Austin just bopping his little head along that dashboard of that Ford F-150 or whatever he's driving. It was so good. <laughs> One of the moments of the year in cinema. Best part of the movie. Paul, you might need to watch Fall because I will be bringing that up at the end of the year as one of my favorite <laughs> moments in cinema this year. Okay, uh, wait, wait. I assume we... this is going to end up on one of the many, 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 many uh, streaming services and I will watch it then. Yeah. Okay. We didn't talk about this part, Carson. There's a whole subplot of how Mason Gooding, the dead husband who fell off El Cap, was cheating on Becky with the blonde bitch for four months because this is how it's revealed. So, like, early on in the film, 
Becky and Mason Gooding are cuddling and she says, I love you. And he doesn't answer it back, but he like taps in like Morse code or whatever, like one, four, three, like I love you. And when the blonde bitch who is very much a Jojo Siwa lookalike, if you told me that was Jojo Siwa, I would a million percent believe you. Anyway, this blonde bitch, Jojo Siwa, takes off her red converse and Becky sees a 143 tattoo. And then she confronts her friend and finds out that her best friend, the blonde bitch, and Mason Gooding, her dead husband, had an affair. Like, could you imagine? I would have pushed her off at For that point. For four months. I would have pushed her off. Like, yeah. oh, she died. Like, she just fell. She, like, submitted to the elements. She fell. Like, how would they know? I don't know? think that's that big a deal. Uh, they were married. Listen, they were married. It, you, the mm-hmm. movie very heavily drives it home that Becky fucking loved this guy. Like, yeah. it was a devastating reveal. Well, he didn't like her that much in Obviously, return. Obviously, he so. didn't. And her dad, Jeffrey Dean Morgan, made it very clear do you think that. he knew? I was really I don't think confused he if the film was implying cheating, that he knew. But I think he just like had a feeling that he was a shit husband. Also, they build this up throughout the film, and it's horribly obvious from the first mention where they have a photo of, of her on the like wall of a friend, and there's like a arm around her, and she's like, Who is that? And it's like, oh, nothing, and then like swipes away quickly. They also like really build up the tattoo. They really like try to hint at this and be like, it's a big moment. Um, mm-hmm. yeah, I don't know. This one was bad, but it really like was entertaining. I'll say like, I'm happy. We, I'm very happy. We randomly decided to do this on the podcast. I feel like it could have been a better film if it was shorter and the dialogue yeah. was a lot less cringy. Yes. Like, and it if it actually was Jojo chronically Seymour. online, some of the dialogue speaking of chronically online movies, bodies, bodies, bodies. What a transition guys. <laughs> Paul, take it away. Bodies, bodies, bodies. Okay, so I was really excited about Bodies, Bodies, Bodies. Um, The basic plot of the film is that chick from Borat is dating the first dead girl. Borat 2, to be clear. Borat 2. Borat subsequent movie film, actually. (laughs) (laughs) Is uh, dating the girl from... That Nazi movie where hands touch. What are you talking about? You've never seen where hands touch? Huh? Oh my god. Okay, so Amanda Stenberg or whatever her name is and George Mackay from 1917 are in this film called Where Hands Touch and George Mackay plays like a young Nazi and Amanda is like a young girl. She's like half German, half African and it's like set in World War II, and it's like a Nazi sympathizer movie. It's on Amazon Prime. You need to watch oh, it. I will be Wait. watching this. I do like that you said that's what she's from, rather than The Hunger Games, The Hate You Give, I've Dear Evan Hansen. I was trying to think of. I was trying to think of. She's the bitch from Dear Evan Hansen. I knew you were um, gonna say one of those, but I needed people to be aware of where hands touch. I think they're well, trying to bury that film, and I'm not letting it slide. Look, um, at, we need to think what series can we do where we include the hands there, the where hands touch or whatever it's called. <laughs> um, so, yeah, they're dating and she brings her to um, a hurricane party or something. I've never heard of a hurricane party. Is that an American <laughs> thing? Is that an L.A. thing? What is happening? No, 
I mean, we what hurricanes are in LA? <laughs> no, <laughs> this is definitely like it. Like makes no sense because um, if you're rich enough, you leave. You don't stay through the hurricane um, just because of like safety concerns. Um, I would have such bad anxiety. I was thinking the entire time, like I would be like a ner- I'm a nervous wreck with like there's an earthquake or like a fire in Northern California. Imagine if there was a fucking earthquake outside your home or a hurricane outside your home, and you're like, oh, let's play bodies, bodies, bodies. Yeah, no. So anyway, um, they show up, and there's a lot of like B-list actors and actresses, and some C. You're right, Carson. Um, and, uh, like, they decide to play bodies, 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 which is basically like murder or werewolf or something like that. And then someone ends up really dead. And that's like the, the spoiler free version to explain it. Um, so I, I think my biggest problem with this movie was, um, Outside of the ending, which we will talk about when we get into spoilers. Um, but I, I really didn't like Borat Girl. I think she's like legitimately bad in this and also is too weird to live. Like there's moments where she's like <laughs> supposed to be the like our viewpoint character. And I was like, this bitch is insane. Like she's so strange. Um, it was kind of like giving me, um, when you hang out with Norman Bates in Psycho and you're like, I guess we'll hang out with him and you don't know he's the murderer yet. Um, just like a weird little character who like doesn't act like human. She acted like she was an alien and this was our first time, um, you know, being around people. It just, it really throws the film because I think there's some like clever, like things about you know, uh, Gen Z culture and things, but it gets lost in a lot of bad acting from her. Um, because I think everyone else is really strong in this except Pete Davidson. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I think Pete Davidson is aggressively bad in this too. Um, but I really liked, uh, (laughs) I liked Amandala. I liked, um, I don't know how to say her name. Rachel Sennett. Anyway, I she's say great. Note, but I don't know. Sure, I let's her. go with that. Uh, yeah, I did not like her in uh, Shiva Baby, Baby last year, but I think she's fantastic in this. Her character is um, hilarious in this. Yeah. Um, but yeah, overall, it's fine. I think the, and we'll get into it during the spoiler section, I think the rewatchability of this movie is really lacking. I think it tries to be a Knives Out, but I cannot imagine watching it in the same way you do as a Knives Out. Um, yeah. What do you guys think? There's a lot of issues here. I didn't love the film. We'll get to the ending. But like, even ignoring the ending, and I guess the point of this film and the thesis, which is non-existent, like, I think a lot of the jokes were really funny at first, but then the like pacing of the jokes and the pacing of like the social commentary, and it's so nonstop that it turns like headache inducing i also just hated how dark this film was which is like a weird thing to complain about but like at no point do you understand the layout of this house at no point do you understand like is there any personality or character within this location which when you're trapped in a setting like this the location means a lot and clue like one of the best parts of clue 
is the location they're stuck in. And Knives Out is similar. Like, you have to, especially if you're going to be like, who's the killer? You have to have some basis of, like, where people are, what makes sense, what's the logic. And there's just, like, none of that here. I think the performances are all really good. Um, I think it's very funny. I felt very seen by the podcast stuff. Um, But there was just a lot of, like, eh, I think it's, like, Eh, okay this better have a really good conclusion to really justify itself and then it has a shit conclusion so that sucks yeah and actually carson uh popping off what you said about the the location of the house and like how everything worked that was very confusing and also um <laughs> like the amount of money that pete davidson's family had kept changing um in terms of like the house design like there's like a hallway that looks kind of like upper middle classy, like nicer than upper middle class, but not super rich. And then they go to a full basketball court. And I was like, wait, that's in this house. And then it cuts back and it's like a kind of nice pool. And then it's like the nicest kitchen you've ever seen. I was just like, sure, I guess it felt like they like didn't have the budget to get the house they wanted. So they tried to fake it. And so like, it just felt off the whole time. I really liked it as I was watching it. I thought the cast was really incredible. And I really, I, I thought the characters were really interesting And it did a really good job of making me attach to certain characters and then really hating other characters and then, like, switching my allegiances. Because I disagree with Carson that there's, like, no thesis to this film. I feel like I was under the impression that these people, for the most part, other than, like, Lee Pace and Maria Bakalova, have been friends for, like, a really long time. And they're just, like, friends because they've been friends forever. But they or, like, don't really like each other anymore, but they have have this, like, sunk cost of being friends since, like, childhood, so they might as well just, like, stay friends with each other, and I liked that the film kind of, like, drops you in the middle of it, and you don't get all of the backstory between the characters, and stuff is, like, slowly revealed of, like, why this character hates this person now, but they pretend to be friends with their faces, and blah, blah, blah. I thought all of that stuff was, like, working really well for me, and then... Like, we've been saying this entire time, I feel like this film is just so undermined by what the actual reveal is. And I was just really disappointed when it finally came because I I thought it was did a really good job about, like, instilling, like, paranoia amongst your friends and all of that. And it was just such a letdown. Lee Pace was so hot and great, though. I really loved him. I do not understand that. I literally so like there's a point where Lee Pace and Matt Pete Davidson are um, arguing and I was like, huh, just really no attractive people in this movie. Disagree. Lee no. Pace is so fine when he has the sword and that camo hat and he's shirtless. I was literally like, woof, 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 woof. He's very hot. I, weirdly, I don't know if I've ever spoken about this on the podcast. I'm weirdly a massive Trisha Paytas stan, which makes sense, I think, for me. And he looks just like her husband, who I also think is rather attractive. If so I really was working say he me. looks just like Trisha Paytas. <laughs> Him and Trisha? Couldn't tell him. Like, there's literally no two people that are more dissimilar, and you're like, they're twins. <laughs> he does kind of look like Moses. A little bit. Anyway. 
I thought the beef that uh, Lee Pace and uh, Pete Davidson's character had was really funny because it was just like such one-sided beef. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. It made me hate Pete Davidson for sure. He's an yeah. asshole. He was such an asshole in this. Like, Lee Pace, he's just like 40 fucking 20-year-olds. Let him live. I was that 20-year-old fucking 40-year-old guy. So one time I had a great time with it. Let Rachel Sinote be fucking vets in peace see no i disagree i think that like you shouldn't bring some random dude to your like group and i i don't think that uh amandala's character should have brought the fucking weird also she would not date her also, um, when we like get into spoilers, I have Rachel to talk about something that drives me in insane. I feel like they really instilled in group chat. I feel yeah. like Rachel Sinote asked her friends, can I bring Greg to this? And her friends were okay with it for the most part, but they weren't actually okay with it. But maybe her friends should have said something. I will say the conversations around Greg are the funniest parts of the film. Both mm-hmm. the one about the vet when he's a veterinarian assistant and one assumes <laughs> he's a vet of the army. And then which he's like, why do you call him G.I. Joe? Well, look at him. That's a great. And then he's also the one. He's a Libra moon. moon. Carson, he's a Libra moon. That means something. <laughs> um, that conversation when they're like, how long have you been dating? She's like, a while, like two weeks. It's like fucking hilarious. Those are the best parts of the film by far. Mm-hmm. Okay, so um, any last words about the film before getting into spoilers? Emma was a bitch and so was Jordan. I will say this, like, when you look at A24 culture, this and like kind of what people think it means for like film and that like side of society, this almost acts like a parody for it. This is so much an A24 film that like it's sad. (laughs) Go. Yeah, no, totally. Um, Okay, so let's start with the, the first spoiler not the killer because uh, maybe you're still listening. So we're going to give you some time Um, (laughs) is about whether or not um, Amanda's character cheated on B. And this subplot drove me absolutely up a wall because (laughs) um, what was her thought process? Amanda's thought process here where she's like, I'm going to have some girl, my friend, we're going to go fuck. And then I'm going to bring my girlfriend and we're all going to get very drunk together. I'm like, they don't give it a moment to where you're like, oh, she doesn't care about B. It's just like, you know, oh, I'm bringing this girl. Like, I want to cause some drama, which I think is the implication. But you never, like, get that resolution. So it's just the dumbest, like, I want to say villain plot. Um, where she's like, yeah, no, this will work out fine. All of it just, and especially because she's trying to get a bunch of money from her parents. So like causing all that, like these steps that Amanda's character takes, um, are (laughs) so like galaxy brained. And I think like makes it to where the only reason that she would do some of these things is so you think that she's the murderer. Um, and like, almost every single person actually like does things that are like causing their own death. Um, But what really bugs me about this movie is I don't think anyone's that shitty. And I think that's a problem when the movie, here's the big spoiler ends up that there is no murderer and it's all accidents. And like 
misunderstandings to where like I try to imagine watching this movie again and I get like sad because it's all these like young kids who are like dying for like not like in a slasher way but like dying because of misunderstandings and like it's just the it gives me like an icky feeling in my stomach that like I remember the drive home and I was like, it was fine. And by the end, I was like, I hate this movie. And it's mainly because like these kids aren't as, you know, reprehensible as the movie treats them. So like, I just felt bad. I like didn't have like a fun time and I can't imagine rewatching it and being like, oh, cool. You know, uh, here's this guy who's a, you know, veterinarian and. Uh, really likes this girl and got a bunch of stuff to take care of everyone. Oh, let's watch him get bludgeoned to death. With a like, kettlebell. Yeah. And like crying and like asking for help while they beat him again and again. It's so weird. I feel like Greg's death was the saddest for me. Not just because Lee Pace was hot. Just because like... I feel like since he is the person that is like least in the group... Like, I know Maria Bakalova is not friends with him either, but, like, because he's, like, so much older, I find he's, like, least in the group and, like, how much Pete Davidson hated him. I just felt so bad for him. I feel like he's the most, like, innocent character by far. For sure. I mean, that man literally did nothing wrong. Like, he literally walked away from conflict and then just, like, slept in a basketball gym. Like, Mm -hmm. innocent. I also think, like, it's weird, like, there's no weight that this friendship is something they've all had since, like, childhood, or at least most of them, I guess. Like, there's just no, like, reckoning of that or their history. Like, it is just so one-dimensional. Yeah, well, I think ultimately, like, all of this comes to that punchline, which, like, the fact that it's Pete Davidson. um, So, like, if you haven't seen the movie... Pete Davidson is the first one that's murdered, but he tries to saber a champagne glass and cuts his own throat. While filming um, a TikTok video, to be clear. Yes. Um, and it's like, I don't know, because it's him, it also feels just like, it feels like a, haha, you cared, fuck you. Which I think that is to your point, Carson, when you said it's like almost a parody of A24, A24 movies. Um, and oh, weirdly, someone unrelated to like podcasts or anything was like, I love A24 movies. And I was like, maybe people think that too. Anyway, it should be A24. But yeah, it does feel like a parody of like those kind of movies where it's like, you know, mean for mean's sake and also yeah. like, fuck you for caring. Um, I don't know. I also like those girls are definitely going to jail. <laughs> like well, what's the end like the ending of slashers traditionally is that you have this moment of relief where like the final girl or the final group or whatever they get away and it's okay like light comes on great it's happy like what is the conclusion of this they're going well, number one one's at least going to jail for sure and also like the other one is just like a cheater just cheated on her so that relationship isn't like a, something we can celebrate there's just nothing at the end of this that's like good or like oh we made it we're on the other end of it like it's just a shitty situation 
entirely. The movie also like really pulls you along with like there has to be a killer because they mentioned this one friend, I think his name is Max, like throughout yeah. the film, who was like at the party before like Amanda and Maria right. Bakalova got there. And they're like, oh, Max is going to come back. Maybe Max is the murderer. Max is going to come back. He's going to save us. Maybe Max is the murderer. And then Max finally shows up and he's like, oh, what happened? And I'm just like, by the time Max even pops up, I'm like, what the fuck's even the point of you, Max? You just wasted my time. <laughs> yeah, Lena, did you like... predict the ending of this? No, because I'm stupid. Yeah. <laughs> I it's really not, thought it was Angela. Because like they I feel like she was the most hated character among the friend group, and they were so mad at her for like being an addict, and I feel like they ostracized her the most and how she like disappeared from the friend group. So I feel like she wanted to get revenge on her friends, but then like stuff kept happening, and I was like I don't understand. I also watched this on a Friday morning on only Valid. one iced coffee instead of two. So it's, I was struggling. <laughs> the other thing is there's a lot of, oh, there's just so many, stu- like the um, thing where the, um, she leaves open the um, light in the car for the mirror and that kills the car. It does not kill the car in a couple hours. Like that's a, you left it all night and like the next morning it's like literally supposed to be like four or five hours later. And it's like, oh, it's, you know, it's it's one of those things. It's just like, OK, sure. There's so many movie logic things like uh, even you go through all of the deaths and they're all so avoidable in a very annoying way. And like maybe if you had seen Pete Day, like the thing is, that that's just a different movie. But, like, if you'd seen Pete Davidson die, then maybe it would be funny to, like, watch all of them, like, get themselves into a tizzy and it's a little bit more of a comedy. But, like, as just a murder mystery, like, are you really going to, like, enjoy watching this again? I just don't think so. Um, I don't see, like, this staying on people's, like, favorite horror movies lists. Um, even though people are enjoying it right now. Oh, I disagree there. I think Letterboxd and Film Twitter will like keep this film alive for at least a year. It, like it will die with at the end of the year. Every film does. But like I could see this. At, I think it's on the top 250 horror. Like I really? think it's going to be there. I'm pretty sure. That's crazy. Yeah, no, I think it is because uh, the cutoff for uh, top, two, top 250 horror is 3.6. But like you read a lot of people and they're like, this is a bad movie. Four star. Because it's A24 and it has that style of comedy and it has Rachel Sinette. Yeah. Or whatever her name is. Her. Okay. That scene where like um, Maria Bakalova is like revealing that her mother has like borderline or bipolar or something. And uh, Rachel Sinette is like, I've never told anybody this before, but. I have body dysmorphia. Just like the way she like gives that line reading is so funny. I loved it. <laughs> Easily. She's the MVP for me in this entire film. I also like Davidson. I'll say it. I don't like that. He's in it because you knew he was going to die first because the celebrity always dies first. Um, but I thought she like, I loved her in Shiva baby. I like her possibly more in this. I hope she's mm-hmm. just in everything. She's great. Yeah, I'd love to see her and more stuff. She was fantastic. And I also really liked Sheva Baby and her in it. Um, oh, you know what we do need to talk about, though? Um, in a positive note, um, this movie, like, is kind of gorgeous um, for a lot of the the cinematography. Um, like, specifically, I think the part where she says, um, silence, 
who wants to play bodies, bodies, bodies. Like the lighting of that is really cool. They do, um, you know, Rachel Sonnet's character has um, those like glow stick necklaces on the entire movie, and it looks really cool. Um, a That's people... going to be a hit Halloween costume. No, oh it was gosh. amazing at our my screening for it. They gave everyone one, so the entire audience had the lights. The around oh my god, their necks. It was that so happened cool. when I went to see the Wedding Singer at the Bytown Cinema, like Drunken Cinema. I got all those clothes. They gave everyone Rachel Sonnet's thing <laughs> for bodies, bodies, yes. bodies. Yes, they did. <laughs> It's a fun they were like, vibe. you won't get this yet. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I do think that this is going to be like a big Halloween thing, which is going to be really funny because none of these costumes are good. Um, no. Oh, also, no, fucking Maria Bakalova or whatever. When she's like up there, like putting on makeup and shit. I was like, this girl is psychotic. Like when they're like, oh, she's not the killer. I was like, yeah, but. <laughs> I originally hey, thought that was going to be the twist. I thought yeah. for sure. Because also, like, that makes the light thing. I agree the logic is stupid. But, like, if that was, like, secretly something the bad guy was doing, genius. Yeah. wasn't. I but... don't think it would have no. made sense for her to kill the friend. Like, what motive did would she have for killing these people, though? They were mean to her girlfriend? I mean, the logic yeah. is already so low, Alina. Is that really the issue? <laughs> I know. There's no killer. I'm just <laughs> saying. Oh, well, no, Amanda's like, character being, like... a motive makes more sense to me. I also like that she doesn't have a job and has her girlfriend drop her off and be late to the party so that she can pretend to go to work. I was like, when they were trying to explain that, I was like, wait, no. She was late because she sat at the food court pretending to go to her job that she said she was called in to do. They also say she went to like the University of Utah or something, but then like nobody explains like why she lied about having a university degree. She just yeah. started saying, like, oh, my mom was sick. But I'm like, but why did you lie about getting the degree? Also, then why did she go to University of Utah? She lives on the East Coast or, like, near it. I don't think they live in Utah. Hurricanes are in Utah. Also, like, then why, like, so she never visited her at work. I feel like that's a very normal thing for couples of, like, multiple months. Like, I'm sure at one point you were like, oh, I'm going to go see her at work. They were only together for six weeks. Yeah, they were together oh, for sorry, six. six weeks still. That's the other thing, like. She would not, uh, Amanda, uh, sorry, not Amanda's character, uh, both actually, Amanda wouldn't have brought her. It makes no sense. If you were wanting to hook up with your ex, you do not bring your weird new girlfriend. It's so, like, this movie is Swiss cheese logic. You know what like, I think was happening with Amanda's character? I think she brought the new girlfriend because she was like, look at my life is, I'm in a happy relationship. Look, friends. But I'm she not just cheated. I know. She doesn't care. The girls I know. At the party. I know. With one other girl at the party, but she could be faking it for everybody. That was that's the thing that makes sense in my brain. It doesn't make complete. But she sense. doesn't care what they think. She's there literally Does just to get though? Pete Davidson to talk to the parents. Like she doesn't. Yeah, want to but be then there. she should have been on her best behavior and also maybe left after that. Um, oh, no, I don't disagree. I'm just saying that's what the movie's also, saying. <laughs> so the girl like falls down the steps. That girl didn't just fall down the stairs. <laughs> <laughs> like when they're like haven't you oh, seen you the hit miniseries the staircase with tony collette and colin firth that happens i know but she got pushed no she didn't so, she fell down the stairs take it up with the she, lawyers of that case she got pushed <laughs> no she didn't um and no so like it was just like and even that where she's like i didn't tell anyone because i gave her drugs 
What? No, of course you would have told people. Mm-hmm. Oh, and the okay, going back, that girl's whole storyline actually is so sad. Like <laughs> Emma. Yeah. Emma's whole storyline where she's like, you find her, they find her, and she's crying in bed, and they pull her out of bed to go have her die. It's just like, it's mean. Like, and even Rachel Sinet's character, it's like, you know, all of her friends making fun of her podcast. It's just like, it's just, it's, I get it, but it's just like, it's not fun mean, because I don't think these people are that bad. I just feel sad for them. Why was Emma in bed? At all. I really she didn't get that. She upset after the first round of Bodies, Bodies, Bodies. But she knew that Pete and died like, already, didn't he? Yeah, she was crying in bed. Yeah. That's wild. To like, But also, like, then just, like, the logic of that is, like, okay, they're together as a group. Like, that happens. And then you just have, like, five minutes where they have to go, go get her again just to go back to the group that was all, like, that sucks. I hate it. Yeah. Well, also, just everything that happens with um, Lee Pace's character in the... Um, the basketball court is like that man is begging for his own death. It's like you could 10,000 times you could have been like, okay, I'll stay here. You know, uh, I won't do anything. We can all stay like in. If we were to be in a group with a bunch of people who one of us may be a murderer, I would think like the best option would be each one of you take a corner of that huge place and just stare at each other. It would have been fine. They would have gone till morning. No one would have died. Instead, this movie just keeps going. Like I also definitely wouldn't throw the killer like outside and then just be like, "Well, out of oh my out god, of, out of mind." Oh my god, that was so. And stupid. she crawls through the doggy door, and then it's like, "Where's first of all? Where's like the dog? I kept expecting the dog to show up. I thought it was yeah. gonna uh, jump scare. <laughs> I was really ready for it. Um, also, that doggy door is insane. Yeah. <laughs> I Why didn't she like, stay in the car also? Like, I'm sorry, you think, she thinks there's a killer out there also. Why do you want to go back to the murder house? I want to leave the murder house, personally. I don't yeah, know if she could have rolled up the window. To go in the back go seat. in the back seat. Still. <laughs> okay, would you like a cold or to die? <laughs> I know. It's a little chilly. I, you know? I honestly, I don't understand why she went back either. I feel... I don't know. I feel like she went back because she wanted to like protect her. She went back because the screenwriter wrote it. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) No, because she thinks her girlfriend is the killer. Like pretty early on, she's like, I'm pretty, I think you're the one. Oh, and then, unless Amanda Stenberg is the killer, there's no reason you follow your friend who has a gun and you're like, hey, it's okay. It's okay. As the girl goes upstairs, it's like you would leave that girl and immediately like hide somewhere. So dumb. I hate also this. pretty wild that she was just able to like find the guns in a blackout. Like not saying like I might assume they have guns. I don't think I could find them. That's like escape room shit. She would be amazing. Yeah. Oh, I know. Uh, well, she's dead now. And um, the gun was just. Like, I also didn't know like she died sitting in a kitchen <laughs> drawer or something. That is not how you keep guns safely. Yeah. No. Like, where is well, the mean, gun cabinet? Hello, are they in Florida or something? <laughs> I mean, probably. Just <laughs> weird. You don't put. Um, also, it's funny because drawers. I feel like so many people are going to try and saber champagne now. I was literally watching it. And I was like, we're just going to have a bunch of like. I mean, which is fine. Like, the more Same. Gen Z that are 
slitting you know, their own taken throats. out <laughs> better. <laughs> cool. Well, that is going to do it for this week's episode of Clappercast. Um, if you've not already, I'll just quickly say check out the Elvis special on Patreon. It was very fun. Me and Alina watched three Elvis films. Uh, you can get uh, subscribed to Patreon for as low as $1 a month. So why not? Um, let's end this off by finding where we can find everyone on social media. Paul? At Price Like Tag on Twitter, Instagram, and Letterboxd. Alina? At Alina Falds on Twitter, Letterboxd, and sometimes Instagram. And you can find me on Twitter at BP underscore movie reviews, Letterbox just Carson Tamar. Thank you so much, everyone, for listening and supporting the show. If you want to write us an email, you can email us at clappercast at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at clapperpodcast. You can also connect to us there. If you'd like to financially support the show for as little as $1 a month, you can go to our, our Patreon. Uh, we have commentary tracks, we have exclusive movie reviews, a ton of great stuff you can get over there. Thank you so much for listening. We'll be back next week to discuss all things cinema. Goodbye.